0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you guys are doing well on this Monday. Hope you guys are starting your week off strong. Uh, for those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimism. And after watching this feel like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here line. But for those who has been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber, a follower, a listener for 14 years, or if it's been 14 seconds, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, trusting what God's entrusted in me. And I pray it continues to be treasured. But as everyone is coming in live and getting their questions ready, and with that being said... If you like, hey man, how do I get my questions answered? Go ahead and hit subscribe, hit all posts on the case so you'll know when I go live, and go ahead and already copy a few questions in your notes so that when you can copy and paste and get right up in the chat, so I can holler right back with an answer that I think that will be good for you. But as everyone's coming in, let me let you guys know about some things I have going on. If you need one-on-one coaching, if you need me to help you with your relationships, all kinds, family, uh, uh significant others, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, marriage. Let me know how I can help you if you need spiritual development and you like, hey, man, I want to grow closer to God and better understand who I am to him. I can help you with that. If you're looking to maximize your singleness and to understand his purpose, I'm here for that. If you want to help this, <clears throat> excuse me. if you want to learn how to discover, develop, or distribute your purpose. Or if you have branding, marketing, or if you just have a question about anything, I would love to help you. Also check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. If you're looking for a book to help you process your feelings, to find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling your role in life, this book right here would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book, to hold things in life better. If you're looking for a journal to help you hold the important things that you have in your life now, or to prepare you and develop you into a level of wholeness where you're able to hold the future things well, this book, The holding Journal, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to understand the purpose of singleness and how to maximize it, here's a great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you with dating and you're like, hey, man, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. I have a ton of questions in this book that will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking to better discern what's in front of you, whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, or whether it's God's best or the devil's pest, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking to untie soul ties or uproot strongholds and find the purpose of freedom, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book on spiritual warfare and how... um, to uh put on the whole armor of God and a better understand it this book World War Me will be a great resource for you. If you have young people that's just looking to better understand who they are and how to discover their art and distribute it to the world, this book as he says will be a great resource for them. Let me see. I didn't see no comments yet. Nobody's commented yet. Oh, there they go. Found them. Found them. Okay, good. Give me one second. All right. Niski says good morning. Good morning to you too. Fun with Tasha says, hey, coach, how do I stop carrying people's burdens and how do I grow thick skin? Great question. We have to understand that uh, the only one that is able to carry all cares is God. That's why the word of God says, cast your cares onto the Lord. Some of us, we are big hearted people. We have huge empathy. And the uh, the issue is when you have big empathy, you surround yourself with people that could be enemies that could be used by the enemy to empty you. You have to be protective of your empathy. You have to be protective of your big heart, right? And sometimes you have to also understand that do you struggle or ask yourself, do you struggle with any type of savior's complex? I, I was the same way, man. Uh, um, Some personality types can really carry people's burdens, but I created a system where I can carry those cares back over to God. I cast everyone's cares on him too, because I realized that I'm not strong enough or God enough or divine enough to carry other people's cares. And you have to begin to understand that and give it up to upstairs and say, God, I need you to handle this. Uh, you can pray for them and, and also understand that people have free will. People make their own decisions. And if you carry people's cares that they're not able to carry themselves or cast over to God who cares for them, then you're going to care too much. They have to develop their own system of carrying cares over to God so that so there could be a level of, of balanced synergy amongst uh, uh, each of us, right? And so the reason why you have to do that is because people will keep tossing them on you. And if you don't have nothing to do with it, then it's going to burden you. Also, you have to understand when it's time to cut the cord off a person that's casting the cares on you. If you're surrounded by people, they're not maturing and developing enough time frame, then you may need to start dissing yourself or not being so available or accessible to their issues. So how do I stop carrying people's burdens? You have to you have to learn how to cast your cares over to God and cast their cares to you and not care too deeply about what they do because they have free will to do whatever they want to do. And sometimes we get so caught up in people's lives that we get tangled up in ours. Y'all said, "How do I grow thick skin?" The goal is to have thin a thin heart. Thick skin. And what I mean by that, you got to still, you don't want to get so thick skin that you lose your sensitivity, that you lose your empathy. We don't want to lose your empathy. We want to find balance, right? And so, how do you grow thick skin? Realizing that people are full of sin and that people will offend. So, therefore, you got to defend. And the best way to grow thick skin is to really begin to understand your value. <clears throat> Your value to God, your value to yourself, your value to the people that has to deal with you and your value to the marketplace. And you have to understand that people will throw jabs, but people who throw jabs are the people who have already jabbed themselves. They're still wounded. They're hurt. And so hurt people hurt people. That's what helps me from getting offended. Someone tried me on Sunday. I kept it moving. It was a subtle jab, but I realized that if a dog barks at the moon, it doesn't make news. But if the moon barks back at the dog or talks back at the dog, it makes news. And two people arguing from a distance both look like fools. So I've learned to realize that this world is filled with people who just are insecure, but never allow someone's insecurities to make you insecure. So now you got to secure what's on the inside so that you won't be insecure on the outside of life. And so you got to say, okay, what are those areas in my life that needs to be protected? What are those areas in my life where I am vulnerable to certain levels of offense? I want you to get a sheet of paper right now. I want you to write down all the things that you are sensitive about, all the things that you care about, all the things that that will really make you angry. (coughs) And what I want you to do with that, give me one second. And what I, okay, what I first want you to do is this, write on a sheet of paper, all the things that you're sensitive about, vulnerable to, or care deeply about, or maybe insecure. And I want you to begin to do a deep study about God's love for you and our confidence that should be in Christ. When you begin to do that deep dive study, then you will begin to give those particular areas to God. Then once you give those things to God, you'll be aware of them when they're operative in your life. And then over time, you will develop thick skin because you don't develop uh, security and self-worth within. Hope to help. CCR says, hello, coach. Hey, how are you doing? Tamara says, could you please share your workout playlist? I sure can. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. I think if you go to if you search me on Spotify, Joshua Azzi. I have some uh, music there. I need to add some more music to it, but I will share my playlist. I'll probably go ahead and share it on my YouTube community tab. I'll share it there for you. Golden Chris says, hey coach, can you explain what wife duties are and girlfriend duties are? Also husband duties and boyfriend duties. Great question. Well, let's start with marriage and then go down. Um, marital duties are determined by uh, uh, through conversation. So there's, for instance, uh, First off, before you even can determine duties, you got to make sure that you are ready to do. You got to make sure that you're ready to do without expect expectations. You got to be ready to do without return. And if you have that mentality to do without return, then you will develop better synergy in your marriage, right? So marital duties are determined by both parties. Who's who's stronger in what area? For instance, my wife is better with clothes. I'm better with the kitchen. Uh, my wife is better. At cooking, I'm better with with, with with all the other stuff. Now, there's some things about man duties that are only tailored to the man, right? And you got to be prepared for that if you're a man. You have to say, okay, I'm not going to expect my wife to take the trash out. My wife hasn't t- touched the trash can since she's been married. She hasn't mowed the lawn since we've been married. There's a lot of things she hasn't had it done. She's only pumped her gas 98.9% of the time. There's just certain things that a man does only. Those duties are anything that has to do with maintenance, anything that has to do with lawn, anything that has to do with uh, gas, car, provision, um, uh, utilities, bills, all the stuff. That's the man's duty. There, When it comes to a woman, she, to, in my opinion, she'll select the duties. I don't have an exception on my wife. My wife, <clears throat> when I got married... <clears throat> When I got married, there was no expectation on her to cook three meals a day. There was no expectation of her uh, to clean the dish. There was no expectations on the uh, distributed and determined duties of the wife in most people's minds. Because if you put expectations on people with no selflessness, then that person is going to build resentment. But if you come in with no expectations and you come selfless, that person then in and of themselves will want to do what they feel uh, uh, in their capacity or capabilities to do. So that's the conversation between the husband and wife. But both people have to come in ready to be selfless so that in of themselves will do things that they see their partner needs. So for instance, now that my wife is pregnant, I do a lot of laundry now. I do a lot of stuff now because I already knew beforehand that she's doing something that I can't. Therefore, I'm going to do a little bit more because she's doing more now in her life as a pregnant wife. So those are husband and wife duties are determined through conversation and are determined by doing things without no expectation of return. Now, boyfriend and girlfriend duties, you got to make sure you understand this, that no one should get marital benefits in boyfriend and girlfriend stage because it makes both parties comfortable. When you begin to distribute marital benefits to someone who hasn't met marital requirements, they're going to get comfortable inside of it. And when they get comfortable, then you become common, then it becomes a meshing of, of different things. And because a person under certain requirements, then all of a sudden they start uh, barking back or getting in their feelings about certain benefits that are being withheld because of new revelation about what you need to do um, for God. And so girlfriend duties is, number one, that woman should focus on herself. She should still focus on her goals. She should uh, uh, not give the bulk of her time to that man. Same for the man, vice versa. Both both parties have to make sure they still continue in their own singleness. Because even though y'all are ready to meet, doesn't mean that y'all are ready to marry. And in the meeting stage of the one, you're still being developed into that someone that's ready for marriage, right? Because sometimes you have to meet the person to see if y'all actually mesh. And when God meets you at a particular time before marriage, there are certain trials y'all both got to go through that will develop you uh, in that later uh, uh, portion of singleness that leads to marriage. But each individual should not be all for any uh, uh, sexual stuff. Should not be uh, communicating too much. Um, uh, what I mean by communicating too much, you can't. Your bulk of your life should not be focused on individual. Both parties should be focused solely on their relationship with God. And developing it and then when both boyfriend and girlfriends are focused on a purpose the little bit of time they have left can be with that person because they have to still be uh, on guard and focus on what they got to do so they don't get so caught up in setting themselves up to be caught up in any kind of sins or insecurities or unnecessary conflict my bad I just finished cutting the grass and I think I got a little stuff in my throat anyway so those are the basic things that I have about that, and uh, but marital benefits should not be involved in in, in basic relationship because requirements are needed um, because titles are heavy. Titles are heavy. People want husband and wife by noun, but they don't want husband and wife by verb. You have to be ready for the title and the and the and the, and the uh, things that come with it. Hope to help. Great questions, y'all. Let's see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's see. JoJo Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? This is JoJo out of Fort Worth. How do I become more confident with driving? Well, confidence comes from Christ, fam. And I want you to write on a sheet of paper all the fears that you may have. And, and begin to give those fears over to God and maybe have someone that you can trust to be in a car with you maybe you start with baby steps that way so that you can begin to build more confidence and become because confidence comes from comfort the more comfortable you become with God the more confidence you will have beyond God the more comfortable you are in God the more comfortable the more comfortable you are uh, uh, in God and confident in who you are in God the more confident you will be beyond God and what i mean by beyond God living your life and because you know that he's all around your life and that he is not the author Of confusion, nor does he give you a spirit of fear, but he gives you a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. Give me one second, y'all. Hope they help for him. Golden Chris says they say never do wife duties with a girlfriend That's right. You never give wife duties to a man who is not your husband because there's something about being a man first before you can be a husband. If you're not whole as a man, you're not going to hold the role of a husband. And if you can't hold the role of a husband, then you're not going to be able to be able to sustain that circle of commitment on the ring of your wife's hand. And when you have that mindset as a man or a woman, then you will begin to say, I'm going to make sure that I observe certain things in this man before I give him my hand in marriage. Because if he can't handle what it means to be alone, how can he handle being alongside me. And when you, as a woman, begin to be nurturing, the thing about a woman, a woman was was meant to help a mate, not to nurture a mate. Moms or women were meant to nurture young men, boys, their sons. Women were meant, wives were meant to, or mothers We're meant to nurture sons, not husbands. And if you find yourself being motherly and helping him develop, then you're going to see that this butterfly would never fly. They say never help a butterfly out of his cocoon, because if he helped the butterfly out of his cocoon, it would never have strength in his wings to fly. So do you want a caterpillar or do you want a butterfly? Man, you got to make sure that you're not trying to nurture him into manhood. He should be nurtured into manhood by God so that when he comes to you, God's going to deliver him to you as a man, not a boy, because boys want toys men want responsibilities. And if he's not responsible in his own life, and he is not going to be able to come alongside your life because boys in the frame of a man wants your hand in nurturing. They don't want your hand in marriage. They want your hand in carriage. They want you to carry them. They want you to nurture them because they've never been developing to a man. And the moment you start giving marital benefits to a man who is not willing to have you wait until he's ready to steward you, then that man Man will only milk you dry and and use you and he will never lead you into a place of marriage, because why even get married to you when I'm getting all these marital benefits? If jobs requires a, a, a requirements or requires a resume before you can resume with him, before you can resume with that man, you got to check the resume of that man. You got to say what evidence in your life do you have to be able to nurture me? What not to not nurture me, but to lead me? What spiritual evidence do you have? What mental evidence do you have? What job experience, what life experience do you have in these areas so that where we get to these areas of life, I know I got a strong man by my side. The moment you start giving wife benefits, benefits like cooking for this man all the time, um, sleeping with this man, <clears throat> talking to this man late at night, Um, sacrificing your responsibilities, your goals, and your dreams for this man. When you start doing all that stuff to a man, he will get comfortable. A real man has a plan. A real man says, don't even hand me that over. I'm self-sufficient in my own sufficiency and the sufficiency of Christ. I don't need you to give me this stuff and give those things in this part of my life. I want to, I want to put you in a position where you feel secure enough to do that because when a woman starts giving benefits to a man, she's insecure. And she's trying to say, well, if I do this for him, maybe he'll stay with me. A man will never have you do anything that will disrespect God. If a man doesn't reverence God, he will not reverence you. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. A level of fear, the level of a fear that a man has towards God will determine the level of fear and reverence he has towards you. Hope to help. Here, Franklin says, hello. Oh, hey. How do you get closer to God daily? I know to walk by faith, but unsure how. No problem, care. How do you get closer to God? Realize, number one, that he's close. He's closer to you than you are close to yourself. Not only is he close, but he cares more for you than anyone combined can care for you in a thousand or a million years. You have to understand that he's a present help in a time of trouble, that he's near the brokenhearted, that he's one word away, that he's closer than anything in your life to this day, Right? And so the, the basic thing that you have to do is realize what Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. First, you have to ask yourself, what's keeping me from getting close to God? What cares in my heart do I have in my heart? What what in what part of my heart does not trust him? Because if I don't trust him, then I will lean to my own understandings. And if I lean to my own understandings, then I will acknowledge my own self in all my ways or acknowledge other people. Then I would not have my path straight. Every day we need communication with God. Every day we have to be cognizant of who he is to us, right? Because the more you are mentally clear about who he is in an attribute, in character, the more you will get close to him. That's why the best way to get closer to God is to consider his ways to track his track record. When you begin to see how faithful God has been to you, how good God has been to you, it creates a level of joy in you. And then the joy of the Lord will become your strength, and you will be strengthened in your day in confidence. And then you will in, in confidence or in confidence when t- you will be able to communicate with him in confidence, knowing that he is your best friend that he loves you more than anyone and he's more faithful to you than anyone. So just like you have faith to breathe, have faith to follow him, have faith to talk to him, have faith because as he says in his word, it's in him that we live, move and have our being. So how do you get closer to God? First, you got to get to know him, get to know him personally, get to know his attributes. Number three, you got to enter every day with gratitude. You got to engage every day with gratitude. And last but not least, you have to take time to spend time. That's how you get closer to God. Get to know him, engage him in the day with gratitude, and really take time to think on his goodness towards you. And my friend, you'll be surprised how closer you get. And you start off by getting into your words. See, see relationships requires discipline. I, my desire to be married will not keep me married. <clears throat> Please understand it. Desire alone in my marriage will not keep me married. I can have all the desire in the world to love my wife, to be there for my wife. I can have all the desires in the the world to be married, but it's not my desire to be married that will keep me married. It's my discipline in marriage that will keep me married. Discipline is required in all relationships. You can't, even with God, you can't just have a desire alone to be with him because you'll never be alone with him. You have to have discipline, you have to have discipline that comes from a developed, renewed mind. And the only way that you can developly renew your mind is to become in tune with who he is by understanding his character, understanding his ways, and understanding who he is towards you. Then, when you develop that renewed mindset, then you want to be more disciplined. I can, I can wish for fire, but if I don't create the fire nor put extra logs in the fire, that fire would eventually be uh, non-existent. And so in order to grow closer to God, there has to be certain disciplines that that derives from a developed mind that understand that God loved you before time. And when you understand that in in your mindset, then you won't mind setting setting time aside to spend time and get close to him because you have enough faith and enough evidence to do so. Great questions, y'all. Let's keep going. Harriet says, hi, hope you're well. Avery says, Hey, coach, it was this guy I was talking to, and I gave my all. He ignored my texts and calls one day, and I was worried. I asked if he was with another woman. And he said, That's none of my business. If it's none of see, the thing is, you cannot partner in business with people that say stuff that is none of your business. What I mean by that is this consider your loss, count your loss. Right. The thing is, maybe Aries, you was giving more to him. Maybe he was giving some of those marital wife like benefits and then he took advantage of it and then shoved it. Right. Now you have to learn from it. Now you got to begin to say, okay, what did I do wrong to initiate this? What was my heart like when I initiated this? Was my heart towards God? Was my heart content in God? Was was I content with the season that I was in? Was I was how was my self esteem one to ten? Um, do I know my self worth? How much did I value myself? How much did I love and like myself? You got to assess. What caused, you got to assess everything in your life before this thing began, because there's a lot of evidence in that. Then you have to consider the things that you happen within the relationship and say, okay, what can I learn from this guy? What can I learn from this? And when you learn from it, then you can earn from it, right? Because you don't want to get to a place where um, uh, um you fall into a future trap because it is man didn't, uh, because of some low self-esteem or insecurity, because a woman in the hands of a man of God, a man that loves God, will never uh, make you feel ignored. Will never make you feel worried. My job as a husband is to make sure my wife has my full and undivided attention, even if I don't want to give it. I gotta make sure that she doesn't worry about her living, her living, or her relationly or her relationships, right? I gotta make sure that's my job to make sure she doesn't have to worry about lights and air. Every time she comes in this house, she can change the settings. Every time she comes in this house, she don't have to worry about if we're gonna be here next month. My job as a husband, make sure she's never worried and that she's never ignored. And boys, ignore you. And boys will have you worried because they're not mature enough to sustain that responsibility. A lot of men want marital benefits like sex, but they don't want to take you to the next. They don't want to take you to the next phase because the next phase requires me to phase out of boyhood and become a man. And a lot of men don't want responsibilities. Remember the meme? Uh, uh, When the little boys talk to each other, I got responsibilities. Yeah, men don't, some boys and men don't want responsibilities because it requires you to die to yourself. Do you not know how heavy it is to be a husband and now to be a father for the rest of my life? The responsibilities I have to carry. A lot of men run from that because they never were responsible of, of anything. They were mothered, therefore they were smothered. They wasn't mothered; they were smothered. When moms f- forsake mothering to smothering, they develop these boys. They can't they do no covering. When moms smother boys, boys can't cover wives. And so when you understand that, you will begin to say, okay, I'm going to reserve these marital benefits. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I go into the hands and arms of God to be molded, have my self-esteem fixed, have my self-worth cleared and understood so that I don't want set myself up for this. So you got to do some homework, Aries, and say, okay, what can I learn about myself before I got into this? What can I learn in the midst of this? And what can I learn from this and earn from this, right? He ignored my texts and calls one day and I was worried. When you get worried like that, that means that he's become, he's getting into the realm of worship. When we worship the idea of relationship, when we worship relationships and relationships become our worth, because whatever determines your worth determines your worship. Whatever you is your worth, wherever you find your value, that's the thing you worship. And when you worship relationships, you begin to get worried in them, right? Because now all of a sudden it's it's affecting your self-worth. It's affecting how you feel. It's affecting how you deal. So now all of a sudden when you're affected by this shrine that shines, but it's not God who's divine, then over time you'll lose yourself. He said, "I asked if he was with another woman, and he said, that's none of my business.' it's time to uh, time to leave his establishment. If his business not, is not serving you, then you don't deserve. Then he don't deserve you. See, if if I go to a restaurant right now, they don't serve me well. I'm not going to give them no service. They don't deserve my time. Do you? Uh, in order for me to um, um serve, you got to deserve. Are there det- are there determined services in you?" That will determine my service to you. Deserve, D-E-SERVE. You got to have determined services, meaning that you deserve this because you have determined over a period of time to serve me in a way that is biblical and godly and 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 common sense. Now all of a sudden, now I can then serve you what I have inside of me. Hope to help. Mary Marie says hello. Hope all is well. All is well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Natalie says, what to do if you're feeling stagnant? Great question. You pray to God and he's not answering. Well, God answers in many different ways. God can answer uh, vocally. God can answer through a commercial. He can answer through a billboard. He can answer through a person. God answers in many ways. If you get so focused on God answering how other people answer, then you will miss the writing on the wall. You will miss the color that he's vividly showing you. You will miss... In his voice in the midst of the conversation between you and someone. You will miss it because you trying to be in the midst of his voice. And, and sometimes God doesn't speak like that because I don't think a lot of us are ready to handle that. And if we barely listen to people who are next to us, what makes us think that we will listen to God who speaks to us, right? And so if you're feeling stagnant, then you got to say, okay, I got to start being disciplined. Stagnation is, is, is a result of, of disappointment. Stagnation is a result of laziness. Stagnation is a result of fear. Stagnation is a, is a, is a, is a uh, 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 derives from worry or anxiety. And so now you got to look at what is the reason to my stagnation? Am I stagnant with God because God isn't answering me the way I want? Then you got to look at your spiritual maturity. Anytime you get disappointed in God, it shows that you're not familiar with God. Hear me. I'm not saying to you, but hear me. But what I'm saying is this, Anytime we get up, anytime I get disappointed or upset or feel a certain type of way towards God, I never blame God. Look at my heart, because God ain't do nothing wrong. Either I misinterpret it, maybe I'm I'm too caught up in it, or maybe I'm idolizing it, and maybe God is not speaking because He wants to see how we handle His silence. And if we can't handle His silence, then it shows that we really not really want His His voice. We don't want His words. Because if we can't handle his silence, then we don't really trust him. And sometimes God is quiet because he already spoken. Maybe God is quiet because he ain't telling you to go anywhere else, right? And so keep praying to God because prayer works. But but you got to say, okay, what is not working in me that's causing me to misinterpret the prayers I'm sending? And am I even asking the right things of God? Because if I'm not asking the right things, God has no right to answer you. If he knows that you're going to consume it of your own lust and you're not uh, cognizant of your own lust levels and your own pride levels, but you're mad at God without taking time to self-examine, then you're not ready um, for the things to be delivered. And God is quiet because of the obvious. Our hearts are obvious. We just don't want to look at it. Our hearts are obvious that they're desperately wicked and deceptively wicked, but we ignore them because we got a bunch of excuses excuses guarding them. Where my heart is like this because of what my mom did. My heart is like this because of what my dad did. My heart is like this because of everybody else but me. And when we don't take time to look at our hearts, then we'll get mad at God and be like, "Well, God, I'm not going to do nothing for you till you bless me." That's not that's not the mindset that we need to have. You should never do anything to be blessed by God. And you should not never stop doing thing anything because you're not blessed by God. You should never do things to be blessed by God, nor should you stop doing things till you're blessed by God. That just shows that you don't really love God. Hope to help. Aries says, I am highly upset. I don't want to go through this again. How do I respond if and when they pop up? I really just want to ignore it. Ignore, ignore, ignore. You owe him no more of your attention. Sometimes no non-communication is all the closure that you need. Now you got to deal with yourself. Now you got to deal with your heart because any type of man that communicates to you like that ain't worth your time. And if you're upset, that means that it may not even be him that you're really mad at. You're really mad that he is taking the thing away from you that you that you wanted in the first place. So if you idolize relationships, you're not really mad at the guy. You're mad at the guy from taking another opportunity away from you, away from your idol, if that makes sense. For those who are joining me right now, we'll let you know that if you need one-on-one coaching, if you need help with these things, all these questions sound familiar to you. And you're like, hey, I need help with my relationships. I need to talk to you one-on-one, Coach Josh. I need to I need to grow in my spiritual walk. I need to understand my singleness and love it. I need to uh, uh, uh understand my purpose and, and how to find it. And I want branding and marketing. I want to get my product off the ground. I want to better position myself in ministry, business, whatever. Or you just have a question that's with a lot of nuance so You need someone to listen to you and help you vent and process. If you need one-on-one coaching, hit me up now. I have some time left in uh, July and August. I have some spaces available as well to be able to serve it. I'll go ahead and post some links right now for you to be able to uh, uh, get that information if you need one-on-one coaching. I have some spots available this week. Um, I may have some spots next week, but I have a lot of spots available Um, The week after next, now I got a lot of people that's going to probably be booking. So you got to get in there because the old people going to try to book for new sessions and minimize time in August. August, I go back to work. So I'll have some afternoons and some weekends available. So get on my books now so that you can get some time and see how God can use me to help you uh, with anything that you're dealing with. Let's keep going. I'm going to try to go for maybe one hour. If not, I'll stop after that. Dominique says, hey, coach, if you're working for a job, how to stay content without thinking life is passing you by? I feel like my life not going anywhere. Your life is actually going pretty far, even though you're where, where you are. I promise you. Life should not be measured by how far you traveled in foot, but how much, but by how much you developed in character. I can be sitting right here for the next three months and not move and still move uh, uh, miles miles in maturity. If I sit right here right now and all I did was examine myself with the word of God and I began to read the word and I got off the chair and got on my knees and prayed and I did not move from here, I could still have moved miles in development, right? So never look at how how far you are from where you are. Measure yourself from how far you are from the person you was yesterday or the week before or the month before, right? Because then you will utilize that place that you may not like to develop you. Because if you are always where you want to be, how can you be the person you need to be? Sometimes you have to be at places that you don't like to love the place thoroughly where you love to be, right? So you can be content. By looking and shifting your perspective and shifting your output and shifting your mind to see how your current job can develop you in character. How can you utilize the job to become more patient? How can you utilize this job to become more loving? How can you utilize the job to be more considerate? How can you utilize this job to be more in excellence? See what I'm saying? And so that's where you begin to say, okay, God, I may not like where I am, but because the I am is where I am, then I know that I can be the person I need to be for his, for his optimum use. Life passes you by if you keep looking at life passing you by. You have to shift your perspective by saying, okay, while I live my life today, how better did I get today? Every night, assess your day. Every night, look at you and say, how well did I do today? How did I, did I grow impatient today? Where did I fail today? Because in every failure, there's a lesson right? You said, I feel like my life is not going anywhere. Don't worry about life in regards to how many miles you've gone in foot or how much you developed financially, whatever. Look at how much you developed internally. Sometimes we focus on our lives, on most of us, a lot of our lives is measured by how much we've developed externally than internally. Get in the word of God, get in his presence, engage with him with gratitude, then your attitude will change. And when your attitude change, your altitude will change. And then you'll begin to see the vision that God has for you. And then you will begin to be content where you are because it's developing you to a bar that's set by God. So that when you are moved to another place, then you will be even mature for that place. Hope that helps. JV on says morning, coach, praying God continues to bless your ministry, powerful stuff. God gets the glory fam. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Now says, how do you let go of an ex? You let go of an ex by holding on or grabbing on to your next. You have to grab on to your next. You got to begin to understand that God has a next for you. And if you can't handle now, you won't be able to go to the next. So the best way to turn your now into your next is to let go of your ex. Now, you got to write down examples from your ex so that you can be leveled up for your next. What are the examples? What are the experiences? What are the lessons that you can learn from that ex to help position for your next? Now, you also got to write down all the reasons why your ex must be exed. Why was your ex exed out of your life? When you begin to write why your ex was exed out of your life, then you will begin to live your life. Because if you only allow those thoughts to swim in the midst of emotions and soul ties with that person, it's going to be hard to sever ties with that person. Sometimes you got to get out of the color of your emotions to the black and white of paper, and then write it out on paper, clear as day, why your ex was exed. And then when you see why your ex was exed, anytime your emotions get vexed, you can look on that paper and see why your ex was X, and then you can be inspired for your next. Then you got to make sure that your inspiration for your next, it should not be to make your ex feel bad. You got to move on to your next just because of moving on to your next. You let go of an ex by realizing that that person was not meant for you. You got to have the evidence. First off, in order to let an ex go, you got to know that you love by God. If you don't know that you love by God, you're not going to let him go you must know that god loves you when you know that god loves you then you can rise above whatever happened uh below so that you can really begin to see why god said no to him you gotta know that god loves you because when you have god's love then god's perfect love will cast out all fear and then you won't be afraid to move on and then after that you'll begin to say man that 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 person wasn't even worth my time or emotion right Also, you got to let God love you so that you can begin to love yourself. And if you were the reason why that person became an ex, you got to forgive yourself, and you got to forgive him because forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. Next, you got to begin to write out the examples, the experiences. You got to begin to earn from it. You got you got to say, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I earn from this? Right? Because when that's the way you let go. And also, you got to begin to say, okay, man. I got to start engaging and evolving in myself in the things of God. Last but not least, you got to just say, you know what? Thank him for the lesson. Because lessons leads to blessings. Sometimes you got to thank the person. You got to thank your ex for the lessons. Because now your lesson is setting up for the next blessing. But exes, man, exes weren't meant to be a part of your nexus. Uh, um, and, and you just got to have that mindset, my friend. And you got to let them go. You gotta let him go so that you can go forward. And God does have someone better for you. No, He might not even been a bad guy. Sometimes the good guys would not. It was not God's guy. There's a lot of good guys, but they're not God's guy. God's guy will always be better than the good guys, because just because He's good for you doesn't mean He's God's fit for you. Because ninety-five percent of good is not hundred percent good. Like if you're eighty percent good to me, and you and I'm missing twenty percent, I'm talking about of what was fit for me then man, how can I really be able to fulfill what I have to do? There's someone that fits you, uh, uh not perfectly, because God, they'll fit in their part perfectly because God also plays a part. And sometimes you got to say, okay, man, I, I want God's man, not just a good man, because a good man may not be a part of God's plan for you. Hope that- CCR says, hey, coach, the church where I go to there are a total of 30 people, and most of them are old people. I'm 28 and I found Christ three years ago. I want to meet new friends, Christians. Where do I go? Well, you you everything must be channeled through your relationship with God. You go where you're guided. First off, it's hard to be guided if there's if there's any type of emotional tension. There's nothing wrong with desire and fellowship. We were made for fellowship. Don't get me wrong. But if there's any type of frustration or tension that has not been funneled through or channeled through God and gaining understanding from him, then you will start going anywhere and everywhere to find friends. First off, you got to say, okay, why do I want to meet new friends? Why? Is it because I'm afraid to be alone? Is it because i uh Uh, because I I, I want to find a man, I want to find a wife, I want to find a husband. Whatever your reasons are will determine how far you go because if your reasons are not settled in God and if your reasons why is not settled in the season that you are in, then you will end up causing treason. And so you got to begin to say, okay, why? Why must I go? And you got to funnel all that emotion through God so that you don't go beyond what God wants you to do. And then God will guide you. Let God determine your community. Because anytime you desperate for community or you desire community, and it may not be at the desperate level, but it's getting close to desperation, then you're going to welcome unnecessary people because not all Christians are Christian. And when you begin to be desperate for Christian friends, you will find counterfeit Christian friends. And when you begin to be surrounded by counterfeit Christian friends, it will cause you to compromise within. So where do you go? You go to God and you and you give that over to God and you trust that God will guide you and surround you with the right people. You also to go to the church on Saturday. You don't, you don't have to force it. You, know? you don't have to force it. Just keep living your life and God will then invest in your life with the people that were meant to be lifelong. Hope to help. Jody Real says, can you explain for better or for worse in marriage? Does that mean we have to put up with everything? For better or for worse, I didn't even say that in my vows, like, I, like, but I understand that, I understand what that means. It means that no matter what, I'm consistent. No matter what, I'll go the distance. That doesn't mean I'll put up with anything. Now, that's why you got to make sure you got to be with God's person. Because God's foresight will give you insight. You got to trust that God knows. And if God brings that person, then that person has a certain level of understanding. They're not perfect, but they have a certain level of understanding to stand under certain pressures where they won't cause the unnecessary. My goal is, is to make sure that I understand enough about marriage and I understand the one that carries it. And I understand who God is and my fear of God. The number one thing you should observe in a person before you serve is how they uh, reverence or revere God. If they don't reverence God, they won't be able to reverence you. The number one thing you should see is how committed they are to God, not the church, not Christianese, but to Christ. How committed are, to, are they to him and to giving their life to him? Are they committed to the word of God? Do they compromise the word of God? Are there any compromising life? Because if a person has, if a person will compromise God, they will compromise you. If they're over there sinning in little things and they, they don't have no conviction about those different things and they're just doing certain things that are just not biblical, that are not even wise or don't even fall into the realm of common sense, then you should offer your sentence to them. Because most people they'll make excuses for that. They'll they've already compromised themselves. And then when they compromise themselves or compromise God, then they'll get comfortable with people. And when they get comfortable with people, they start settling for the wrong one. And then when they marry the wrong one, then it becomes beyond worse and never the better. So for better or worse means just say, no matter what happens to you, I'm here. No matter what you do, I'm here, boo. For better. No matter how much I get, I won't leave you. No matter how bad it gets, I won't leave you. That's what it means. But you have to make sure that God is in the midst so that you won't have to deal with unnecessariness, if that makes sense. Hope Kiera says, how do you pray and fast when there may be monitoring spirits around? Seems like I'm being held up and watched. That's valid. You're definitely being watched. But one thing about things is... Demons can't stop what God wants to do. The only way they can stop, no, 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 God can't be stopped no matter what. But how there could be stoppage or hindrances is if there's compromises right? So how do you pray? Be consistent. You got to pray warfare prayers. You got to be able to say when you wake up every day, I counsel every demonic plot and scheme of the devil right now in Jesus name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. A thousand may fall on my left, 10,000 my right hand, but it won't come near me. I am the head not the tail. Everything that I touch prospers. Everything that I do will succeed. I counsel everything, every hex, every spell, anything that may be tossed my way, to my lands, my children's children, to my wife, to whomever you gotta cover you got to operate in authority not asking for the authority figure to operate in the authority that he was giving you that he has given you and so it doesn't matter what they monitor they can't touch it if you operate in your authority you're not being held up it could't be you being held up because of lack of knowledge because of ignorance because of 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 hidden sins or because of whatever but when you begin to operate in authority and maybe i'll do a video on how to operate in authority because I think that's even powerful. So I'll write that down. I'll write that down. Um, How to operate in your God given authority. I may work on that video sometime this week um, so that you guys won't be weak. But a good book that I think that will will help you is this book right here. World War Me It's a book on spiritual warfare and it's a book on the whole armor of God. And it talks about how the whole armor of God functions and how it operates and how you can utilize it in everyday life. Get this book in the meantime, my friend, and and I will help you with a video, hopefully Lord willing, soon. Kiera, thank you. Fun with Thank you so much for the super chat. And all of you all who's been um, so generous to me, thank you all so much. Y'all give and y'all support through books, through t-shirts, through life coaching sessions. Y'all support Um, Through donations, man, I I just really appreciate Uh, y'all. Fomatash says, "Do God show us attributes of our spouse to be?" (coughs) Excuse (coughs) me, boy, everything. A yawn almost came out. A hiccup came out, and a cough. All right, do God show us attributes of our spouse to be, like what they're like and how they are, and so forth? Uh, You, 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 you can see it without even seeing it by seeing yourself. When you begin to see yourself, you'll know what will help you. You will know what will be a benefit to you. You know what you like. Sometimes we don't have to ask. God is obvious because when we look at our attributes and we begin to look at how we're wired, then we can kind of see what can be wired to us to call synergy and power, right? But I, but but I, there's nothing I don't think God will not show. Uh, uh, but I would just continue to go with His flow. And just, just follow him and just go with him. And I'm telling you, man, uh, when you meet that man, it will be a supernatural revelation of how much y'all are meant to to be together. And that's how it is with my wife. Every time I turn around, there's something new about her. I'm like, man, God, you thought of that? Wow, God, wow, I really needed that in a spouse. And, and man, man, I'm glad, I'm glad you showed that. And sometimes God, the, the thing that he blessed you with does the showing. It's not like God telling my wife, hey, do this to Josh because Josh, No, no. The thing in of itself do it for you. The thing in of itself reveals that it came off of God's shelf for you. And that's just how I move. Let's see here. Reaching high said, that's good. I'm glad it was a blessing to you. Dominique Connor says for singles, how to stay hopeful about marriage. It seems like a lot of people are getting a divorce or not being faithful. I can care less. About the world and the babes and what they're doing. Because God is doing a work. You cannot focus. On people who wasn't, whose eyes wasn't on God, whose eyes wasn't towards the hills from which their help come from, whose eyes wasn't, uh, uh, um, or hearts wasn't settled in God. Right? We get discouraged by people who were never encouraged by God's courage. Because if you can't stand in singleness, you won't be able to stand in marriage. If you can't be encouraged in your singleness, you will not be encouraged in marriage. And a lot of people who lost courage in their singleness settled find courage in a counterfeit and found out years that it didn't fit and now they want to divorce it right so your hope can, should not be affected by people's hopelessness your hope should be affected by god's faithfulness when your hope is sustained by god's faithfulness you won't get caught up in people's hopelessness or lack of faithfulness right and so you keep your hope about your singleness by realizing that god is doesn't have a shortage there may be shortages on shelves there may be shortages at the shell gas at there may be shortages everywhere but heaven doesn't have a shortage The prophet Elijah was crying out to God, talking about God. I'm the only one. And God said, I got 5,000 other prophets. that ain't bowing on the bell. God never is at a shortage. God is never calculating losses because he's the boss of it. Right? He owns a cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the fullness and all the fullness thereof. He owns it. So God is not pressed because of less. Because a lot of people's discouraging their singleness as if they interviewed every other person. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Just because your ecosystem has a shortage doesn't mean the world has a shortage. And so when you begin to understand that God has what's best for you and that God is unaffected by time, that God is not oppressed uh, uh, for time, nor is God has a shortage, that his arm is not too short, that God is not limited by, by the effects of this world, then you can have hope in your sin and knowing that God will look out for you. Listen, God looked out for me. And I tell people like this all the time, and this ain't to puff me up because I am nothing. But I'm going to say this. If you do things the right way, you get the right things. If you honor God with your time, if you honor God with your mind, if you honor God with your everything and you acknowledge him in all of your ways, he promised you your paths will be made straight. That you will find that straight path of you walking down that aisle with that handsome man at the end beside the preacher man, and you'll be like, "Man, God, I'm so, I'm glad to be a part of your plan." But if you don't want to be a part of God's plan, then you will not be able to receive from God's hand. And so, our hope in God shall always be thriving because of of him uh, of his faithfulness. A lot of people can divorce. I can care less about divorces. I can care less about people not being faithful. I got to focus on me being faithful. Faithfulness in marriage begins with faithfulness towards God. And faithfulness towards God begins when you are aware and recognize, embrace, and accept God's faithfulness towards you. Because a lot of people, if we wasn't a fly on the wall to investigate why people uh, even got married, it's crazy that we compare ourselves to stuff that we don't have full information of. Never compare your full informed life to a life that you're not fully informed about. Never compare your fully informed life to a life that you're not fully informed about. Because then you will start to try to conform to the lack of inform and then you find yourself out of form. Hope to help. You're so welcome. Thank you so much, big brother Josh. You're welcome anytime. Uh CCR happy to catch your live greetings from Holland. Thank y'all so much for watching from overseas and even over the over, over the rivers and seas and oceans. Or oh, for those who's just a county over, thank y'all so much for, for watching. And for those who's watching, make sure you like the video. Let this video get some traction. Like the video, share, comment, all that good stuff. And I appreciate that in advance. Tamara says, Thank you, coach. Thank you for everything. You're so welcome. God gets to glory. Didi says bless you coach god bless you too said, happy to catch okay greetings from holland okay guys gotcha. uh jv johnson congratulations you and your wife with child coming yeah man we're excited man got a baby coming and so you know Paul <laughs> Paul ezzy man well that's that's a grandpa name daddy ezzy that sounds anyway just anyway yeah yeah i'm about to be a dad yep <laughs> christine Wilson, thank you so much you're so welcome Harriet says, hey, coach, I work in healthcare, and God often leads me to intercede for my patients. Miracles happen and patients get better. However, God is silent on my supplications. Why? Uh, God is not quiet. The thing is, you have to serve God without expectation of being served by God. If you only serve God to be served by God, you're going to end up out of service. You're not going to want to serve him anymore. Never worry about it, because this could be a test to see if you can still give your best without receiving the best yet. The best is coming. It's just not here now, right? So you continue. For instance, for me, I can easily get discouraged about my ministry right now. Why isn't my channel going viral? Why haven't I been there? I used to be like that about seven years ago. Seven years ago, I was, I was served as, as God served. And even though my heart did, even though I didn't think that way, my heart felt that way. Some of us, we're not arrogant enough to think that way towards God. But when you're tested, you'll be surprised how you feel about God. Some of us ain't dumb enough to think that way towards God, but your heart going to do what it wants to do. And when you're pressed, we'll see how your heart responds. So this is a test. This is a test to reveal your heart's best. Is it Cain's sacrifice or Abel's sacrifice? Because if it ain't an Abel sacrifice, then you're not going to be able to sacrifice. Right, and so you got to be able to say, Okay, God, I will serve you whether or not you serve me because you already know God's going to serve you. But this could be a test to reveal your heart's best. And if your heart is not giving the best, then you got to sit in a place of rest and say, Okay, man, I got to make sure that my heart is right towards God, that I serve God, even if God never gives me another thing, He's done enough. The reason why we want more stuff from God, because we haven't realized how much God has done enough. God has done more than enough. That if he doesn't do another thing, he has done everything. And we have to rest in that thing, knowing that he will give us things. But our heart has to be ready to receive those things. And we have to still serve the other people and do things for him, even if God doesn't serve us another thing in his place, in his life. Hope to help. Great questions, y'all i to make sure my wife ain't called a text. Oh, I got a coaching session at 2. Do I got someone at 2 o'clock there? Hold on, y'all. Let <laughs> me make, sure. make sure. I got to make sure I got... And for those that ask, I got, I'm checking my coaching calls today. Okay, I do have someone at 2 o'clock. Okay. All right, so I'm going to get done in about five ten minutes and get ready for that session. Chelsea says, oh, hola. Coach, is it bad to go to two churches at the same time? Yeah. It, it, it can be, it can be um, um, um problematic. Um, churches cannot be like restaurants. God has you wants you planted in a local church to be fed and to feed. Now you gotta ask God, okay, where do you want to seed me so that you can feed me and so that I can feed the community? Because that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You got to make sure that you go to a church where God wants you to be so there won't be no confusion, so that so that there won't be no uh, unnecessary intrusions. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to talk to God, okay, God, what church do you want me to be? And God ain't going to wait, may have you wait two or three months to get an answer. Anytime you ask God, God, I want to be in your will. God, show me your will. He will show you his will immediately. Not Eventually. And so you already know which church you should belong to. And if you don't know, I would kind of I would kind of go to the one that you have the strongest connection to until God reveals otherwise. Hope to help. Augustus says, tuning in from Africa, Nambia, Nambia, Nambia. Appreciate your teachings, coach. God gives the glory. Thank you all for watching all the way in Africa. My people's from Nigeria, man. So it's, I've been in Nigeria once. It's a beautiful uh, continent, man. Now, is a beautiful country, man, and, and thank you for joining me from Nambia, man. I, I really appreciate you, you guys. All of y'all joining me is, is humbling. Harriet's helping Dominic got you. Crystal Murray says, good morning, coach. Good morning to you. What are your thoughts about the Jezebel spirit and narcissism? Do you think they're connected, or if narcissism, or if it could be just a mental disorder? Also, he says, hey, coach, what are your thoughts about this? Oh, same thing. Uh my my answer to that is I mean, the devil's a narcissist, and I think people who, especially in this day and age, the Bible says people will be lovers of themselves. We're probably gonna have more narcissistic people in this day and age because of social media, because of because of the the uh lack of substance and a lack of strength, a lack of insecurities, and in the people who are giving their securities into vices, right? You're gonna have more narcissistic character traits in beyond ever in this day and age because of convenience because social media because of people being lovers of themselves anytime that you do selfies selfies was the development of narcissism even the narcissism was before selfies but since the birth of selfies and a birth of self-centeredness not birth of self-centeredness but the the social media's increasingness of self-centeredness it increased a lot of narcissists people who want control because they're insecure right? People who are still boys, but are fighting for control and women, girls trying to fight for control. So they are the same thing to a a degree because narcissists controls um, through through control, right? And so I think they're the same. I haven't really did a deep dive in the Jezebel stuff in a long time. I'm familiar with it, but narcissism and how they connect, maybe I can process that a little bit later, but that's why you got to make sure that your relationship with a person's equal, You got to make sure that the relationship that you're in is equal because if y'all not equal, you will not meet the sequel. I'm telling you, has to be equal because whoever loves the least in a relationship uh, rules the relationship. The one who loves the least will determine how far it goes east. I'm telling you because whoever loves the most is more emotionally invested and whoever is the most more emotionally invested will be the most used. That's why you got to be emotionally equally connected. You got before you subject it, you got to make sure you equal to it. Because if you're not equal, you will not meet the sequel. Because that person will never take you beyond their control, and it will never take themselves beyond their ability to have responsibility. So if you are in relationship right now and you're loving the least. Then it's time to move east. It's time to exit it. It's it's time to ease out of it. Because the more you invest in it, hoping that it invests back into you and you never have felt the feelings of equal. Now, you may have felt the feelings of equalness, but it wasn't equal at best. And what I mean by that is a person in a moment can make you feel like they're you, they're equal. They can make you feel like they're equal whole, but at the whole time they're holding back for the whole time. You got to make sure the person's there for the whole time, not them back in the meantime, because they can make you feel equal because narcissists know how to control. They know how to mentally um, sway people who don't feel strong about themselves. People are not strong in the things of God. If your strength doesn't come from God, you will relinquish that strength to anyone. And narcissists go to weak people. People, Jezebels and narcissists go to people who don't know who they are well. They go to them because they know they can control them and they'll know that they can emotionally lead them to do whatever they want them to do because they don't even love themselves. Narcissists can't be around strong people. Narcissists can't thrive around people know themselves because they can smell them a mile away. And so you got to say, okay, if I'm in a situation where it's not equal, then I'm going to exit because if I'm loving the most and they're loving the least, then I'm never going to find myself where I'm going to find where I will find myself at ease. And is it a mental disorder? A lot of people got a lot of disorganization in their mind. They got a lot of things out of order mentally. And I don't want to stamp that as a mental disorder. I just think it's just a byproduct of culture. And it could be a mental disorder for some, but I'm not a doctor. But I hope that helped you. Let me get up out of here. I got to get ready. Love you all. Thank you all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. Man, we got a lot more left. Kira says, Jesus, we need a video on that, on how not to be weak and vulnerable. Let me write that down. Cause, uh, cause you guys are asking for more teaching videos on authority and weak and vulnerable. Okay. Oh, uh, I know I gotta go though. <laughs> I got a wife coming home. I got a coach session at two and I ain't had lunch yet. Love you all. If you need one-on-one coaching, man, if I didn't get to your question now, but you want to spend 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half based upon your budget with me, uh, book your coach session now. If you need help with your relationships, you need help with spiritual development, you need help with your singleness, you need help with developing and discovering and distributing your purpose, you need help with marketing and branding needs, or you just have a question that you're like, man, I just need someone to talk to, vet, I got you. I'll post a link in the description box below, and you can check right now if you're watching live and posting those links now. I would love to help you. If you're looking for a book to help you find the facts beyond your feelings so that you get back to filling your roles in life, here's a book called Facts or Feelings. Great book for you. If you're looking to hold things better, you need a journal to help you hold the important things of life well, as well as to position yourself to hold the future things well. This book, The Whole Journals, will be a great book for you. Also, check out the card game to go with it. Man, i got to start playing these card games. If you really want to see the geniusness of the Holy Ghost, get these card games, man. Go to more website and check out the card games. They're, they're, God, the Holy Spirit gave me some great, great Great things there. If you're looking to understand the purpose of your signals, and how to maximize it, the purpose of singleness would be a great book for you. If you're looking for a book on dating to make sure you guys are on the same page and ask the questions to make to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, great book here. If you're struggling with what's in front of you, not not able to turn determine if it's a counterfeit or counterpart, this book, counterfeit or counterpart, be a great, a great book for you. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, untie the soul ties over the strongholds. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book on spiritual Warfare and better understand uh um the whole armor of God. This book would be a great resource for you, World War Me. And if you're looking for a book for a young person, help them discover their art form and how to be creative. This book, as he says, full of wise sayings to help kids walk wisely. Great book here. We also have merch and ways for you to support what I do. If you want to give and support our our how we support schools and all that kind of stuff, or just to support the channel, we appreciate your generosity in advance. I love you all, y'all be blessed. I'll catch y'all next time. Maybe tonight. Probably not. <laughs> also got this card game too for dating prep. Great card game there. Well, catch y'all on the flip side. Just don't flip.